on right, single receiver, Hester to the left. Press coverage, snap, Tahiti throws it over the middle. Wisconsin Sports Trilogy presents the Packers Trilogy Podcast. Hey, old Packer fans, what's going on? Welcome to the Packers Trilogy Podcast presented by the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy, the podcast for diehard Packer fans by diehard Packer fans. I am your host, Trevor. You can find me on Twitter at Bender underscore Trevor. And I am joined, as always, with my good buddy, Tyler, a.k.a. T+. You can find him on Twitter at Tyler Kurth. You can also find our podcast on Twitter at Trilogy underscore pod. You can find us on Facebook, the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy podcast there. Also, follow, subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform so all of our podcasts come right to your phone. Makes it a little bit easier for you. And today... We are going to recap the week two victory for the Packers over the Lions. That was 42 to 21 big time win for the Packers in the home opener, which had zero fans in Lambeau field, which just felt weird. And the weirdness has not stopped. (laughs) Uh, Week two has been very strange. 49ers lost. I feel like the whole starting roster in in this week two game and still beat the Jets 31 to 13. They lost Bosa, Garoppolo, Mosert, Mosert, wow, and and many more. There was a lot of players hurt. Falcons apparently did not know how to cover an onside kick, and that allowed the Cowboys to somehow win that fucking football game, and they had no right winning that. There has been injuries all over the NFL and right now the Chiefs are in overtime with the Chargers. Just a weird, weird week two so far. But, Tyler, how are you doing? It has been a certainly weird weekend. Like, week one of the NFL, the teams you thought were going to win did win. And the offenses you thought were going to explode exploded. And then week two is just it's football. Everybody's settled in. You got some upsets happening or getting close there. So it's good to see. As for me, I'm I'm doing quite well. I was a little distracted this Sunday here during the game and during the rest of the NFL games as I'm now the owner of a nine-week puppy. So I had to show some restraint during the Packer game as she was sleeping on my lap. I couldn't exactly jump up and shout for joy without throwing her across the room because she's as light as a feather. <laughs> so uh, that's going to not have to happen next Sunday. The, I think the wife's going to have to watch the dog or take her outside because <laughs> she gets kind of startled by my sudden movements. But yeah, it, it's been a great weekend. That's for sure. Yeah, it definitely has. We talked about it on the Bruce podcast. I, I am a guy that definitely relies way, way, way too much on my Wisconsin and they dictate how I'm feeling most days, um, especially Monday after Packer games. Like, 
people people at work know how my mood is going to be when after they see the score, watch the game, whatever have you. I rely way too much on that. You know, Brewers get a sweep, win four in a row, and Packers win big. You know, they got 85 points the last two weeks, and it's been incredible stuff. Great, great offense. You know, the defense stepped up a little bit more this week, but let's go right into the game. I do want to do a brief recap. Packers came out pretty slow. Lions got out to a 14-3 to lead in the first quarter, and then after that we did see a Rodgers to Aaron Jones swing pass for a touchdown to make that 14-10. to Then Lions punt, Packers punt, Lions punt, and then the Packers get a touchdown near the end of the half. That was the Rodgers to Tanyan. Um, coming out of halftime, then we had that big 75-yard touchdown to start the second half from Aaron Jones. After that, the Lions punted, the Packers then punt, and we get a Chandon Sullivan pick six. Shout out to J.K. Scott for getting them down at, I believe, the seven-yard line, pinning them deep, and that made it a lot easier for Chandon Sullivan to get in the end zone. Uh, then the Lions punt, the Packers get a field goal. At this point, it is 34-14. to the Lions then would get a touchdown to make it 34-21. That was Marvin Hall, 24-yard touchdown from Stafford there. Packers score a touchdown on Aaron Jones, 14-yard run. Lions punt, Packers punt, Lions turnover on downs. Then the Packers get a first down and kneel out the rest of the game. So just a big, big win. Offense explodes yet again in not the same way, though. So I think that's a little bit exciting. But as we did last week and as we will do every week, let's get to our talking points of the game. So, Tyler, why don't you go ahead and start us off with your first talking point? Yeah, I do want to just kind of like back up to the end of that first half as you're recapping there. I felt like a big part of the game and momentum was really changed when Matthew Stafford, for whatever reason, took that sack like on the one yard line as we were approaching halftime. And then the Packers are able to capitalize on that touchdown to end the half. I, I think that was huge because up until that point, the Packers offense wasn't quite impressing as much as we had anticipated coming into the game. And then, of course, as you said, they come out in the second half and Aaron Jones just breaks off that monster run. And really just from there was all Packers. But I do want to do one more thing here just to kind of excite your mood a little bit. Did you know that the Packers are the first team to score 85 or more points in weeks one and two since the 2013 Broncos and 2009 Saints? Both of those teams made it to the Super Bowl. I mean, I didn't know I could get more excited about this offense, but that definitely pumps me up. I knew it was the highest scoring for the franchise the first two weeks. This offense has really been incredible, and I have yet to see Skip Bayless, Colin Cowherd, say anything about these Packers receivers <laughs> and why they didn't draft another one. What? We don't need it. Look at, look at this offense. And I know the Lions defense isn't particularly great, but at the same time, it's an NFL defense led by what we thought was a good defensive-minded head coach, but turns out he's probably not good head coach. I think he is a strong defensive I just don't think he's a head coach and I am very very impressed with his offense but yes let's 
We will hype this offense up all year, I am sure, especially if they continue doing what they're doing. But Tyler, what is your first talk? Yeah, I think we have to start with Aaron Jones because he had 236 yards this game via the run and the pass. And you were mentioning, oh, why didn't they pick up a wide receiver? Well, dude, did you see Aaron Jones go up for that jump ball along the sidelines when he was out slotted out wide? Like he looked like a wide receiver. He was going against a corner and made that catch. He, I couldn't believe it. Like I, I knew he had the ability to do things like this, but holy cow, like that, that's a game changer. And, and Rogers targeted him in the end zone a couple times when he was out wide too. Again, going against corners, they weren't able to connect on any of those. But man, just overall super efficient. Averages 9.3 yards on the ground. Averages 17 yards in the receiving game. Has three touchdowns overall. I mean. Give the guy some money. Holy cow, he he did really good this week. Yeah, he did. And outside of the pick six and his big 75-yard run, that was the play, the one where he – I don't know how he caught that. Run, running backs are not supposed to catch that. It was the play that got me the most hyped. Again, I think probably the pick six – big run from Aaron Jones were a little bit higher on the list, but that was so impressive to me. And then they point out that it is against a cornerback. You know, he doesn't get a, when he's against cornerbacks, he doesn't get a ton of separation, but if you can still win the rep, if you can still make the play, it doesn't matter the separation you're getting if you make the catch. And that is what he did on that play. Extremely, extremely impressive from Aaron Jones, just a career day. And, I have always been on the bandwagon of you don't pay running backs. I don't think it's a good use of your resources, but Aaron Jones is is more than that. He's not a running back. He well, he is a running back, but he's more than just a running back. He he can split out wide. He can go up against cornerbacks whose job it is to cover wide receivers, but they have a hard time covering a running back. So Aaron Jones, I think probably should get paid from the Packers, even though it's not something I fully agree with. I think with this type of talent, it is it is important for the Packers to be able to go and pay him and keep him on the team because he makes this offense go insanely well. And that's awesome. And I, I love it. Even on a day that Devontae Adams, you know, goes out pretty early with that ankle or hamstring with they, it started to look like an ankle injury at first, and then they, after halftime, it was it was a hamstring injury. We, we'd love to see Devontae back. We need Devontae back. He's very important to this offense. But Aaron freaking Jones is awesome, and he makes this offense go just as much as Devontae had. And it's awesome that you don't have to bank on just one of these guys. You have Aaron Rodgers. You have Devontae Adams, you have Aaron Jones, all great, great, great players. And I, I'm just super happy with that. And that was part of my point two. My first takeaway is a balanced offense. This offense, you know, in week one, I think they were pretty pass heavy. I mean, you ride the hot hand. Aaron Rodgers was hot. They were stopping the offense for the majority of or stop game for the majority of the time in Minnesota. 
they were doing pretty well with that. Um, so you ride, ride Aaron Rodgers, you ride Devontae Adams to a, a, a big victory, 43 points. And now in this one, Aaron Jones, as you said, averaging 9.3 yards per carry, hand him the ball 18 times. Jamal Williams getting just under eight yards a carry. You hand the ball off to him eight times. You know, at the end of the game, you add in the five carries to A.J. Dillon. Aaron Rodgers got a few carries for 12 yards. Overall, this rush offense was very good. 34 rushes for 259, um, and that's a 7.4-yard average. And receiving-wise, the team had 18 receptions for 240 yards, so pretty similar in terms of total yards. Uh, the pass offense average was 13 per reception. Now Aaron Rodgers' average was actually eight per attempt. So both very, very good. And the rush offense really made this team unstoppable today. There was a You heard it in that brief recap I did. There was some times that the Packers needed to punt and things. But for the most part, this line, did not have an answer for this Packers offense in mainly the run game and namely, as you said, Aaron Jones. What is your second point to this game here, Tyler? Yeah, you mentioned the balance offense and even when you take it like total plays, I mean, you get rid of the two Tim Boyle kneel downs and it's 33 rushes to 30 passes. <laughs> that you, That's pretty much identical balance-wise right there I do feel like from the offensive standpoint like maybe it was just because I was distracted by a puppy but I felt like there wasn't as much motion this week as compared to last week versus the Vikings and I, I could be wrong on that so I'm interested to hear your thoughts there but there the scary part is there were some things to fix on this offense right like we had that one illegal or illegal shift play where Rodgers tried to shift Aaron Jones out or motion him out and then he didn't get set in time we wasted, what, two timeouts because we couldn't get set up in time during the game. So, like, there are some little things, little pesky things that the Packers can still fix in this offense despite being very balanced. And then when you take it another step further, you had some drops, especially by the tight ends early in this game. Sternberger was a victim once, maybe even twice. Tanyan dropped one early. So, I mean... I think on one of the plays to the tight ends, I don't remember who dropped it, but it was I know it was in the first quarter. There was motion going to the left side with Rodgers, and then they faked the run to the left, and then it was like a naked boot to a tight end, and he just he dropped it, and he had so much space out in front of him. Like that would have been a great play, but the tight end dropped it. So very balanced, but I do think there are lots of things we can still fix and improve upon. Yeah, I believe that play you're talking about was Jay Sternberger. Um, that, yeah, that was, that was a rough drop. I believe Sternberger had two drops and I didn't see much of him afterwards, at least in terms of targets. I did not see a lot else to him from Aaron Rodgers, but yeah, the drops was a pretty big part of this game, especially early on. And I think that hurt drives early on in this game were the drops. Robert Tanyan you mentioned his drop, and they mentioned it on the broadcast, too. I thought that was not a particularly easy catch. It was pretty good coverage. He had to make a good play in order to make it. So I don't know if I'd consider that a drop. It would have been awesome to see him make it. But 
you know, definitely you have to get better there. Robert Tanyan went two receptions out of three targets. He did have the touchdown, but for 25 yards. Mercedes Lewis, one reception for four yards. Jay Sternberger, zero receptions. And it looks like he was only targeted once. I thought he had two drops. But that, that that's pretty poor for your tight end group in terms of actual production. I know you do get a touchdown from them, but for the most part, it is not a particularly great day for them. And that's something that we need to see improve. And I will be excited to see what happens when Josiah DeGuar is back on the active roster and able to play a part of that group. Other, My next talking point is going to be a little bit negative one, but not really because I don't think they played egregiously bad. But the wide receiver room, you know, a little bit, well, a lot worse than the week one wide receivers that we saw, you know, get four touchdowns in that first game and now zero in this one. You know, Devontae Adams through injury and things, you know, three receptions, 36 yards. Alan Lazard, three receptions, 45 yards. Marquez Valdez-Gantling had three receptions for 64. So you'd like to see a little bit more production out of there. I think definitely that big 41-yard bomb to MVS was huge and was a big play in the game at the time. Um, You know, you just like to see him figure out his drops a little bit. I think he had another two in this one. So you... You get these huge plays from MVS. And I mean, if this is the type of player we get, we kind of get this, you know, three, four, five receptions a game, and you get a big play, whether that be 30, 40, 50, 60 yards in a touchdown or just a big, you know, 41 yard bomb in this one that he had. That doesn't amount to a touchdown. If we get that, I, you don't like living with drops, but. He is bringing an element to this offense that I think is a little bit underrated probably because he does have those drops and it does frustrate, I'm sure, Aaron Rodgers, Matt LaFleur, Packer fans. It frustrates all of us, but I think he is bringing an element to this team. You know, he's running more routes. He's able to get open on crossers for third down conversions. In this game, they mentioned it on the broadcast, like, very similar play in the Minnesota game that he dropped early on for a third down conversion. This one, he made the play, makes the catch, then worries about running upfield. And it's little things like that. I, I really like what I'm seeing from him and I'd like to see a little bit more out of Alan Lazard, but for the most part, you know, I loved how Aaron Jones played and it made it not important for the wide receivers to be great, but I would like to see a little bit more production from that group. Tyler, do you have any other talking points for this game? Yeah, I mean, as long as you're on the wide receivers, like, man, like you always have to analyze, like, what was the cost of winning the game? Like last year or last game, we lost Kenny Clark for we still know how long. And now it's like, oh, man, Devonte Adams. But it was encouraging to see the offense still move the ball even with him on the sidelines. And it kind of, you know, brings up that point of like similar to like last year, like you just never knew who was going to score, who was going to have that big game. You mentioned the four touchdowns from receivers last week, and now technically no receiver has a touchdown here in this game. And of course you get three from Jones and one from Tanya. And then next week 
it could be completely different. Like, what if you get three touchdowns from the tight ends? Like, I, I wouldn't doubt it. it. That's just how this Packers offense works here. If I do want to switch over to the other side of the ball, my last talking point here was just on the cornerbacks, especially in Jair and Shannon Sullivan. Obviously, Sullivan had that great, great pick six where he just jumped the route and he really should have walked into the end zone easily, but for whatever reason, he tripped. I don't know. It, it still looked cool. He still got the, the touchdown, but he did have two pass defense throughout the game. And then, I mean, if you look in garbage time here, Will Redmond and Josh Jackson each were credited with a pass defense. So it was nice to see them getting rotated in at the end of the game anyway. And we really saw another good week from J.R. Alexander as well. Per the ESPN box score, he's not credited with a pass defend, but that one play that comes to mind was early in the first quarter. Stafford was taking a shot to uh, Marvin Jones deep down the field, and Jair was running right behind him, stride for stride. And at the last second, well, you know, without getting a pass interference, he just sticks his hand up right in front of Marvin Jones's face mask, which just cuts off, you know, any vision he has of the ball. The ball ends up going like right through his hands. And it was just one hell of a play. Like, I don't know many corners who can do that. And I I was impressed with him. He had some nice solo tackles here in this game. So another stud performance from Jair Alexander. Yeah, he was really good. I think overall the the cornerbacks were pretty good. There wasn't a lot of misplays that that were like I vividly remember at all. Um, Overall, I think the secondary played played pretty well even on the touchdown you know it was zone coverage Amos could have jumped that route a little sooner that touchdown to Marvin Hall but overall I think the secondary played extremely well Um, one thing I do want to mention before I get to my final talking point is I I don't mention him last week but Rashawn Gary has been good through two weeks he didn't get credited with a sack or anything last week um, I do think he had a few quarterback hits last week, maybe a couple hurries too. And then this week, you know, he gets the tackle for a loss. He gets a sack and a half, you know, on his half sack, he met Preston at the quarterback and Matthew Stafford got up a little bit shaky after that one. Um, you know, two quarterback hits he, and it wasn't just those plays. I noticed him on a few other plays, the interception, they mentioned him, you know, kind of being in Stafford's face. It wasn't like egregious pressure on Stafford to cause him to have a bad throw or anything. I think it was a good throw. It was just a bad decision. But Rashawn Gary in his face, you know, Rashawn Gary was a step late most of the time. Like there was a lot of times where he was just a step late of getting pressure on Matthew Stafford. So he is making plays he is standing out to me he is doing very well I expect him to continue to grow and continue to increase those productive play measures you know he has a sack and a half in this one Zedarius has a sack Preston has a half a sack if you get that kind of production from these guys you know and maybe it'll vary maybe next week it'll be Preston with two sacks Rashawn with one Zedarius with one or something like that that is what we expect from these guys. And when Kenny Clark gets back, that's another guy that's just going to add into that mix and is going to help out in that pass rushing scenario there. But my last point was the rush defense. And another early on in the game, and I'll be honest, I turned off 
I didn't look at Twitter the rest of the game after I kept seeing this on the first drive. You know, this Kenny Clark is this is a big reason why they need Kenny Clark. You know, the rush defense is terrible, terrible, terrible. They allow him to walk down the field running the ball. And, you know, then Adrian Peterson gets that big run, and everyone's like, oh, my God, see, Blake Martinez wasn't the, the issue, things like that, and I was just so over it. And then you go back and look at the stats. Are you kidding me, people? Calm the fuck down. The rush defense was not that terrible. It did not cause them to be in harm of losing this game. I think the defense overall in the first quarter especially was just a little bit slow, sluggish out of the gates. But, you know, 21 carries for 89 yards, just over a four-yard average. This isn't going to be a spectacular rush defense. We know this. We know this. But a four-yard average, you allow the one touchdown on the first drive, be wrong. This this is fine. If you allow teams to get four yards and with this offense, they are going to have to throw the ball down the stretch and you trust your best guys on defense to get the job done. Jair Alander, Tyler just mentioned him. You know, Preston, Zadarius, Rashawn Gary, Kenny Clark getting at the quarterback. You expect those guys to do that. And newsflash, if Clark was here this game, what are the Lions averaging? Are they going to average three yards a carry, just over three yards a carry? Like, I don't understand the huge outcry of fans complaining about this. Yes, it's the first series of the game. Yes, the offense scripts those plays. They run those plays. They're going to have good execution on those plays. And that's what the Lions did. They had good execution. They ran the ball well because they knew the Packers didn't have Kenny Clark. So they ran the ball well. And, you know, the defense adjusted, started playing better, got their heads out of their ass, whatever it was. They didn't, they shut down the run game for the, basically the rest of the game. After that big AP run, I don't remember the run game being a factor for the Lions. So let's just all calm down on this rush defense. Yeah, when we go against the 49ers, it's probably going to be an issue. No questions about that. But to me, the you you freaking out about this rush defense when it hasn't been that terrible this year against some good backfields, Dalvin Cook, um, Alexander Madison, and now Carryon Johnson, DeAndre Swift, Adrian Peterson. That's a good stable of backs you just faced, and I don't think they got destroyed in the run game. Maybe... If you look at just the first quarter, yeah, they did in both of those games. But since then, I don't really think so. I think the rush defense has played pretty well. And like I said, newsflash, the Packers offense plays like this. Rush defense doesn't matter because teams aren't going to be able to rush longer than the first quarter because the Packers are just flying down the field and you don't stand a chance to keep up with them if you keep running the ball. So I think people need to calm down on the rush defense. Tyler, do you have anything <laughs> else? Sorry about the rant. Your Twitter rage just always makes me laugh. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think you do bring up some good points. It, it does seem like there is a theme here the first two weeks, especially with the first drive. And when you back up to that Adrian Peterson really long run, 
I, that was on it was on like an Adrian Peterson counter or an end around or it was something like that and whoever was supposed to have outside contain on that play completely fell for the fake so that's like a prime example of in the run defense the Packers beat themselves and that's what they said happened in that 49ers game it it all just comes down to can they mentally not make mistakes in the run defense and not give up those big plays, which, yeah, they only gave up this one 25-yarder against to Adrian Peterson here this week. So I will agree it's not too big of an issue, and especially, I mean, this game it really wasn't bad minus that first drive, as you already alluded to. So, you know, when the offense is playing well, like you said, it's not going to matter, and I agree, but I do get some of the frustrations there because that whole first drive, I was just shaking my head again going, oh, man, this is so frustrating to watch. But, of course, it doesn't matter later on. So I agree with you. Yeah, and and I'm right there, too. I'm frustrated watching it, too. But I also know that I saw this happen last week, and I saw the defense get their head out of their ass and play well the rest of – well, in the Minnesota game, I guess it was – the rest of the first quarter and the second and third, they did not play very well in the fourth, but I think for the most part, it's, it's not great and we didn't expect it to be great, but it's not egregiously bad. Like some people are making out to be. And the one that got me was the, I I don't know who tweeted it. I have no idea, but it was something along the lines of, See, Blake Martinez was not the issue, and I was just, and I was done at that point. <laughs> and I'm like, really, you're you're gonna pick this game in which our best, and I don't even think it's close. Our best player on defense is not in the game, and one that can take up two to three blocks on the interior. You're gonna pick this game to say, yeah, Blake Martinez wasn't the issue. No, shut up. Uh, all right, I'm done. I'm done with my rants. <laughs> I am going to make sure that I am just happy because the Packers continue to impress. They the offense has been incredible. You know, week one we get we get the the passing attack. We get the wide receivers looking great for the most part outside of a couple drops, and in this one we get Aaron Jones, and and that was basically the extent of the offense. Um, Tyler mentioned earlier over 200 yards from scrimmage, 168 of them from on the ground with a nine over a nine yard average, and then 68 of them through the air with a 17 yard average there. And the three touchdowns, you know, he was huge, a big, big, big part of how this team kind of broke this game open. And I think that touchdown run to start the second half was absolutely huge and if it wasn't already in the Packers favor it just felt like okay the Packers are going to win this game as soon as that run happened that was it 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 just felt like that was the game there so great great stuff from the Packers this week but they do have a tough matchup coming up next week they play on Sunday night football against the Saints We have not seen the Saints play in week two as they have the Monday night football game this week. So we'll have to see what that team looks like coming out of that Monday night football game. Um, They they did get a pretty big win over the Bucs last week. 
and we'll we'll have to preview that again look for that podcast that will be coming out on thursday and we will look into that see how the saints did you know in their week two matchup on monday night and really dig deep into that team what can we expect what do the packers need to do um what does the injury situation look like? Are we going to get Kenny Clark? Are we going to get Devontae Adams? You know, who who's going to be on the offensive line? I think our answer this past Thursday is going to be the same as it will be next Thursday. We don't know. Is Billy Turner going to play? If he does play, is he going to play right guard, right tackle? You know, who, who would they rather have out there? Rick Wagner and Billy Turner? Or would they rather have Lucas Patrick and Billy Turner? It'll be interesting to watch. Um, and that will be something that we look to in the Thursday preview podcast. But until then, make sure you check out the Brewish Trilogy podcast. Again, you can find that on your favorite podcasting platform, or you can find it on Twitter, where we're sharing all of our podcasts at Trilogy underscore pod. You can also find that content on Facebook as well, Wisconsin Sports Trilogy podcast there. But until we are previewing the Saints the big Saints matchup on Sunday Night Football. Go Pack Go. Pay Aaron Jones. <laughs> <laughs>